This Week in Agriculture, a presentation of the Red River Farm Network. In the Thursday supply-demand report, USDA forecast corn production at 15.1 billion bushels with an average yield nationwide of 173 bushels per acre. That corn yield was a half bushel below the average trade guess. Soybean production estimated at 4.1 billion bushels, down 4% from last year, but in line with trade expectations. Soybean yields are expected to average 49.6 bushels per acre, That's down just over a half bushel per acre from the September report. In looking at the report, Advanced Trading Risk Management Advisor Tommy Grisafi said soybeans got the biggest bounce. They lowered yield, and some people were actually, the street was kind of talking like they were going to raise yield, that yields were a little better than expected. Soybeans had sold off a lot the last six weeks. And say soybeans sold off $1.50, they put 50 cents of that back on in a short period. Uh, our harvest lows in, well, we're a little bit, we're well off the lows. And uh, corn had a rebound, wheat had a rebound. Of course, the market's backed off on Friday. Following the report, eyes are now focusing in on South American weather. Stonex market analyst Arlen Sudeman. Well, I think longer term, we're going to be watching South American weather much closer now. USDA cut exports because of the expectations that we're going to lose business to South America, and that certainly is consistent with what we're seeing on China buying powers. But China hasn't bought much yet for December and for January because they're waiting to see how the growing season gets started in Brazil. And if dry weather kind of continues there and they don't have a favorable start, then they'll buy more from the United States for that December-January window. U.S. wheat production is estimated at 1.8 billion bushels, up from 1.7 billion in September. Wheat ending stocks are at 670 million bushels, up from 615 million last month. The all-wheat price estimated at 730 per bushel, down from 750 a month ago. Wheat production was left unchanged in Russia, Ukraine, Argentina, but lowered in Australia. It may be an unfortunate reality, but Bolt marketing owner Duane Bossy says the war in the Middle East is going to be important to watch for its impact on the outside markets. Sad to say, but you know the, the war in the Middle East is always going to be an overnight news item, and crude oil's up, so you know watching those energy markets go back and forth a lot. The U.S. dollar is a concern for me too, with the CPI number coming out a little lower than the trade anticipated. That might mean interest rates stay higher for longer, and that also means a higher U.S. dollar, which means harder on that corn export demand. Total Farm Marketing Senior Market Advisor Naomi Bloom says the outside markets could play a bigger role in the commodities. Um, Just keep an eye on those outside markets. Uh, We're going to be, again, because of the two wars that we're dealing with, keeping an eye on energy prices, uh, which can sometimes correlate into the grain markets. Like if crude oil goes higher, sometimes that can be supportive to corn and to soybean oil. So keep an eye on that. U.S. inflation rose 0.5% in September, which was more than the market anticipated. That figure from the Labor Department is still better than the 0.7% increase in August. Most of that increase was uh, credited to higher energy prices. And, of course, a lot of eyes on what will happen with interest rates considering what's going on with inflation. That's a look at markets this week. I'm Don Wick on the Red River Farm Network. SRS Commodities was founded over 30 years ago by a small group of farmers who wanted to add value to their dry bean production. 
It was their goal to provide the best quality dry beans direct from the field to the end user at a competitive and fair price. That commitment is still with us today. SRS Commodities, with facilities in Mayville, Washburn, and Portland. Competitive and fair pricing. Find out more at srscommodities.com. Grower-owned, family-operated, customer-driven. National Co-op Month is celebrated during the month of October. With the theme, Co-ops Build Economic Power, this is the time to recognize cooperative businesses as an effective way to build an economy that benefits everyone. At the time when the corporate world is scrambling to find an identity outside of maximizing shareholder value, cooperatives are a proven and trusted way to do business. This October's Co-op Month message is sponsored by the North Dakota Farmers Union and Associated Milk Producers Incorporated and its Dinnerbell Creamery. With a look at news this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan is back in the race for speaker after Majority Leader Steve Scalise, who the conference selected earlier this week, ended his bid for the job here. Jordan is now the only declared candidate in the race, but it's not a done deal for him just yet. Congress has a complicated agenda, which has been further complicated by the war in Israel. When asked about the impacted farm bill process, Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley said it would be easy to pass a one-year extension. There's talks going on, but not much progress being made, and that's uh, not based upon my talking to Bozeman and uh, Stabenow, but what I've heard from other uh, members that are co-members of the committee with me. In addition to the Farm Bill, the House needs to take action on appropriations. A government shutdown is possible if something isn't done by November 17th. And due to low water levels, a new, new restrictions are in place for shipments moving through the Panama Canal. As of November 1st, a maximum of 30 booking slots are available each day. Both north and southbound shipments are multiple days behind schedule, and the smaller vessels are averaging delays of nearly two weeks. Restrictions are expected to continue into 2024. Soy Transportation Coalition Executive Director Mike Steenhook says it could be a while before Mississippi water levels rebound. October is not typically known for added moisture. On top of that, the fact that so much of our farm ground right now is, is severely dehydrated. So any rain that does occur in, in the Midwest is going to be receiving some meaningful rainfall during the course of this week. The overwhelming majority of that precipitation is going to get absorbed into the ground, which is very important for the ground. But what that means is there's not going to be a lot of residual water for our streams and rivers to really help support inland waterway navigations. Unfortunately, the likelihood of the problem in terms of barge transportation on the Mississippi River will likely get worse as we proceed further and further into harvest season. Some preparation has been done to mitigate some shipping issues this fall. Uh, there certainly have been some lessons learned from last year. We have gotten ahead of, of dredging activity to really help attend to some of these problematic areas. Instead of being less reactive, there's been a bit more proactive behavior this year, which is very welcome. And the, the Army Corps of Engineers needs to be commended for that work. Um, bar shippers, they saw this coming. They were be able to anticipate it, so they were able to make some arrangements on the front end so that they were less exposed when the problem became really acute. And Summit Carbon Solutions says they will reapply for a carbon pipeline permit after being denied by utility regulations in South Dakota last month. 
And South Dakotans first officially launched their grassroots coalition this week in an effort to protect landowners' private property rights. South Dakota Farmers Union President Doug Somke says the push for carbon pipelines highlighted the gaps in imminent domain laws. So we've created a coalition to address the, the needs for changing the laws in South Dakota to protect our private uh, property rights. That all came about uh, because of the CO2 pipelines that were being proposed uh, in the state of South Dakota. And we decided that uh, once they started using eminent domain against landowners for private gain, I mean, this was not a public uh, trading company of any type. And this product that they're shipping isn't even known as a commodity. Therefore, it's not even on the Commodity Board of Exchange. And that's a look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Farmers and ranchers have a lot of choices to make. When it comes to your crop insurance needs, the team at Egg Country Farm Credit Services can simplify it all for you. Egg Country's Optimum tool will compare thousands of options based on information from your farm, which will then be used to find the right policy for your operation. Ask about the Optimum tool by contacting your local Egg Country office. Egg Country, focused on egg, focused on you. Listen to The Dry Bean Scene every Friday on the Red River Farm Network, brought to you by the North Harvest Bean Growers Association, Johnstown Bean Company, Baristo Herbicide from BASF, SRS Commodities, and Heads Up Plant Protectants. We'll track this year's crop potential across the country and get industry perspectives on possible market impacts. It's the dry bean scene, every Friday at 1235 on the Red River Farm Network. A look at weather this week in agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Mississippi River water levels at Memphis were at a record low, minus 11 and a half feet. The low water levels have disrupted barge traffic on the river. When the drought dropped river levels last year, the lowest elevation was a minus 10.8 feet. Drought is also impacting grain transportation in South America. Many of the soybeans that are exported through the Mississippi River are brought through the Panama Canal for destinations in Asia. Drought conditions are currently limiting the use of that system. Soy Transportation Coalition Executive Director Mike Steenhook says that's leading to a backlog. The Panama Canal Authority is having to resort to limiting the number of transits on a daily basis. So what we're seeing is an increasing queue of ships uh, trying to transit the, the Panama Canal. And so that, that imposed delays. And every time you, know, you, you operate a ship, you have, there's a daily charter rate. There's the daily expenses of operating that vessel. Um, you've got customers that demand a product on particular dates. So it's just one more challenge in our supply chain, uh, what we're seeing at the, the, at the Panama Canal. And it's, unfortunately, it's going to be uh, something that we're going to be experiencing for a number of months. Russia's agricultural consultancy has raised its forecast for grain production this year to 141.2 million metric tons. That's up from the previous forecast of 140 million tons. Russia is projecting grain exports at 64.5 million tons for the 2023-2024 marketing year. That's up from 64 million. 
The Brazilian crop agency CONAB is forecasting a record large soybean crop for the 2023-2024 growing season. The first report of the season is predicting Brazilian soybean production at 162 million metric tons. That's up from 154.6 million tons last year. The increased production is coming from a larger planted area this season. Dairyland Seed District Sales Manager Keith Rico says that recent rains following a dry growing season may lead to standability issues in corn. The rain we had two weeks ago really did a, a number on our corn and just pushed it through it. Um, a little bit of disease came in on, a little bit of crown rot, some pockets that I tell guys be aware of uh, yeah, growing conditions that are more droughty this year for uh, stock, rot, stock quality issues, especially on corn. I've seen some of that happen. Uh, there was a scattered field here and there where it went down sniffly, uh, hard to the ground. Uh, I've heard of reports of that. Uh, for the most part, I'd say 99% of the corn standing well, but there are pockets of corn that have some issues standability due to the rain we had in or the frost conditions. Widespread moisture and cooler temperatures resulted in improvements to the drought situation in Minnesota. Nearly all of the state continues to have drought or abnormally dry conditions, but improvements were seen. This week's drought monitor also featured improvements in northwestern North Dakota and northeastern South Dakota. SDSU Extension State Climatologist Laura Edwards expects a drier weather pattern next week, but it may take time for fields to dry out. You know, we are in the fall season, so it could take a little bit of time. You know, after the the rain ends, we'll see highs around the 50s um, for the weekend and into early next week. Lows around the 30s, which is about typical uh, for this time of year. You know, it could take a little bit for things to dry out, but especially in that southeastern part of South Dakota, around the Sioux Falls area. That's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. While the rest of the world is still asleep, the local cafe is coming to life. The coffee's on, the rolls are in the oven, and the regulars are coming in to claim their tables, just like clockwork. Everyone knows that you best be on time or risk paying the price. Even Jack from Choice Bank down the street. All right, all right. Coffee's on me. When it comes to choosing a banker, find someone you'd want to grab a coffee with. Choice Bank, top North Dakota ag bank for 10 years running. Check out the job opportunities page on the Red River Farm Network website. Current career possibilities include a crop protection manager, agronomy sales role with Spring Creek Ag, an established pioneer seed agency southwest of Valley City. Go to rrfn.com and click on the Job Opportunities tab for more details. And if you have a job to post, contact Don Wick or Jay Rader at the Red River Farm Network. We'll get you all the details.